This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined in studio once again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you again. Brian, always a delight to see you, brother. So uh, thank you for those who support our ministry and this podcast. And uh, we would ask you to write a review on, on iTunes if it's been helpful to you. It helps us grow and spread the word of the podcast. And and also to go to practicalshepherding.com if our ministry has been helpful to you. And go to the donate button and leave a, a financial gift that would be very helpful to us. Um, on the last episode, for those who joined us, we talked about how do we face criticism or deal with criticism as pastors. And on this episode, we want to jump right into topic because this topic is going to flow directly out of that. Jim, would you set up what we're going to talk about today? Brian, if I were to give a, a title to this, and maybe it'll be the title you give on uh, on this podcast, it would be The Deadliest Sin. And in my mind, in my opinion, uh, the deadliest sin that a pastor uh, can deal with is, is, is bitterness. Uh, allowing the hurts and the criticisms of ministry, sometimes the failures of ministry, the non-thriving of ministry, right. uh, to become a source, uh, not just of grief or sorrow or self-loathing, but actual bitterness, mm-hmm. uh, a bitterness directed toward our sheep, maybe a bitterness uh, connected to where we're living, to our circumstances, which ultimately is directed toward God himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe, Brian, the reason I believe that this is the deadliest sin is because I, I believe that left unchecked, left unmortified, if we don't make war against it, it, it will ruin us in our relationship toward God. It allows for us to, to say, uh, to indulge certain sins that I deserve this. I've been dealt a bad hand. Yep. God's not been good to me. God's not been faithful to me. I don't need to really serve these people. These people are a bunch of ingrates. And bitterness and murmuring, uh, which forms lovelessness uh, in our heart uh, toward God, toward ministry, toward the Word, a, a cynicism that can uh, dominate our souls will be ultimately our ruin. And it's mm. often said about preachers, you know, the three, they got to beware of the three G's girls, gold, and glory, <laughs> and, uh, you know, pride, lust financial impropriety, but I think a lot of those things are ultimately rooted in a, in a, in a bitterness of the soul, and that mm-hmm. bitterness becomes a gateway drug to other to other sins. That's, that's been my yeah. fear in my own heart. Uh, I have said to some that I fear bitterness in my soul the same way if I were to if I were putting on my deodorant this morning and there was a large black lump under my arm, and I would be alarmed. Yeah. Uh, into that sense, I'm alarmed in my soul when I realize bitterness is taking root or wants to take root. Well, it sounds like, too, if you call calling it the deadliest sin, uh, <clears throat> that might catch people off guard other than those three big ones you mentioned. But the three big ones will, will remove you from ministry pretty fast, usually, right. when exposed. Bitterness is one of those things that can just simmer for years and years, and you can stay in ministry and almost try to hide it, but then it starts to just seep out in all the different areas of your life Exactly, where you become a, a hard, cold, cynical pastor and, and not a shepherd. Right. It'll seep out in your home. It'll seep out in yeah. your it, ultimately in your teaching and preaching. It'll, it'll seep out in your dealings with other pastors. You sit around and talk. And all that comes out is a bitter stream of how badly you've been treated yeah. in light of what a good guy you are. 
And it can be, as I say, you know, whether I may be exaggerating slightly, but I'm trying to grip people's attention to say, yeah. this is a part of you. This is no light thing. This is, this is not a hangnail. This is a tumor right. that will kill you. It will grow you and kill you eventually. Grow, kill, exactly. what, what are some texts we should be thinking about as we dive into this topic? Yeah, well, I, I, the among other texts is Ephesians chapter 4 which uh, tells us there, let no corrupting talk, is verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness Hmm. and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice, kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Hmm. And then, Brian, I'd mentioned to you in prep the, the text in Colossians, which is really an interesting marriage text, but yeah. Paul says to husbands there, he says, husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter against them. Interesting. And you think to yourself, well, why does he say that? Of all, well, of he all said things, that, why, would he, why yeah, would that be? And I, I think that there is a connection hmm. between striving to selflessly love someone and opening yourself up to bitterness. Mm. That as you try to selflessly, sacrificially love someone, and there's always a possibility in the home, your wife doesn't appreciate it as much as, you know, whatever it is you begin to think, and, and it can become a source of bitterness. Why well, right. constantly laying down my life for you, and all you do is criticize me, or, you know, whatever it is, that love, loving somebody, that vulnerability opens you up to the possibility a bitterness. Yeah, and I think when we think about what causes bitterness in a, in our hearts towards our people is usually comes out of criticisms or potentially even people who leave the church right. over yep. those criticisms and I I don't know if you can relate to this but but as I think about my struggle with bitterness as a pastor it usually comes with people who uh have either gotten upset with me or criticized me and and continued to kind of be a thorn, and then eventually left. Right. But the reason I say this was my greatest area of, of struggle with bitterness is when they leave, you're not mindful to continue to work through the bitterness. Right. You almost feel justified in leaving it. And because I don't have to figure out how to love these people every day who are in front of me, that I all of a sudden... I go to deal with other things. And what I find is that bitterness just sits there. Right. And I, I, I remember in the early years, many of you know my story, but the a lot of people who came after me in those early years and some that left the church, uh, I've done funerals five years, seven years later after yeah. they left the church thinking that I was totally past my struggle and my anger towards right. them. And I see them walk in the door and something just right. stirs in my yep. heart. And that's, that reminds me that there was bitterness there I had not dealt with. So, right. uh, Jim, can you relate to this kind of bitterness uh, at all? Yeah, sadly I can. And, you know, somebody leaves the church and they, oh, they start putting on social media how great their new church is, you know, that sort of a thing. And, boy, I've never I've never had a church like this before. And, like, oh, okay. Uh, I've never known what it's like to be fed in my well, life. By the way. It's the, so great to finally be shepherded. When, you know, that social, side of thing. when social media is used in that way, by the way, uh, I, I want to highlight that you're talking about the, what it does to us. Right. It also creates, uh, 
I, I, I when I've seen that happen a few times before right. in our situation, uh, to try to care for our own people who are hurt by that public right. display. Sure. I, and, and so there's all kinds of pieces to that, but right. obviously we're focused on our own personal bitterness right. towards that. Right. But, right. but that's, that's a real that's thing. The thing, right? And, yeah. and again, I. You realize, honey, you, you, we run the risk of somebody listening to this and saying, "Well, you guys are petty," and, and yeah, and, and yeah. Sometimes I, that's part of the recognition. I'm being so petty. I am focusing on this in a way that is not at all honoring to God. It's not good for my soul. It, it doesn't promote anything that's helpful. But I think part of what we're saying is we're trying to be honest and saying this is a real. This is a real problem. And I think another area of bitterness that people can deal with, Brian, is the lack of success or prosperity of their ministry. Which and is towards God. This is toward God and toward other pastors. Other pastors, right. Right. I mean, how many times have you had people say, have you heard pastors say, you all sure, if I, yeah, if I entertain the goats like you do, you know, yeah, I'd have a big church too, or man, well, if I'd compromised, yeah, then I would have, <laughs> yeah. I'd have 50 more people if, you know, if I had done this or if I had done that, uh, like this other guy does, you know, and, and we're not appreciated. We don't get asked to speak at conferences. I mean, of course you do, Brian, but I, well, I don't, because yeah. I'm really bitter towards you. Exactly. And I've been, I'm you know, feeling you that get, bitterness even now right. as we talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and I even note. <laughs> Kind of joke and say, I noticed that when you when you put our book out, you have a picture of our book that you cover my name up so that only your name. <laughs> how did you catch? How, how did you catch that? Because I, 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 I'm so bitter, about, and I really am totally joking. But um, you know, but it is those kinds of, that we are. We become like uh, socks in a burr field. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything sticks to us. Mm-hmm. Um, every every criticism. Uh, just hangs on to us, and then you spend all night picking it off and looking at it and grumbling. So, by uh, the way, let me, by the way, what we're capturing well in the way we're joking about this <laughs> is actually important. I think so. If your pastor listening to this and you're hearing us kind of half jokingly, half not, you know, highlighting how curmudgeon-y we can become in this and when bitterness just eats at yeah, us it's awful and how unpleasant it is, we are yeah. to be and around I, it, so it, yeah. so now we want to highlight to a, a distinction of something i'm mindful of in this moment uh, we want to acknowledge that especially and if you're listening to this jim mentioned those who are listening and think this is maybe petty let me just remind there's no pastor listening to this in my mind or not many that would think this is petty because they know this is a real struggle and there's there's a difference between our uh growing in bitterness because we're not dealing with it properly before the Lord and before right. others and genuine pain and hurt exactly. and struggle exactly that right. that is there and so I, I, if you're listening to this that's not what we're talking we're we're talking about bitterness that just grows and grows and is undealt with because of the pain right but the pain is real and there's healthy exactly ways to deal right. with that and the hurt is real and so we're, we're certainly not making light of it. We're acknowledging that exists. What we want to address today on this episode is to not let that hurt and pain feed into bitterness and grow in that way. Right. So it's like, for instance, it's like getting a wound, but not taking care of that wound properly, and yeah. it becomes gangrene, and you know, then you're maybe looking at amputation or something. Can't help the wound, right. but I can help how I 
treat that wound and try to heal that wound yeah. so that it doesn't become poisonous mm-hmm. in my soul. Well, and like I mentioned in my example earlier with the, the the funeral I'd go to and people would walk in who had left the church and right. I mean that was that wound didn't get dealt didn't get covered and but it didn't get exposed until that moment. Brian, let me ask you, how do you, how do you how do you know that you're not just dealing with hurt? You know that in that moment they come in and and these people maybe have they've never done anything to try to make it right. You know they 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 left in a disorderly way. They did not obey some of the injunctions of scriptures uh, of a member toward their elders. Yeah, and you know there are certain things you say this is there is a justifiable element here of. You know, you've never sought forgiveness for what you've done. You you left in a sinful way. You've never sought any for you've been you've been you know you, you where you say you know that part that's a genuine sober minded yeah. assessment, yeah. and that has caused a wound. And, and I would happily forgive you if you were to ask, uh, but we've never really been reconciled. I was willing to be reconciled. I I, sh- I demonstrated a willingness to to hear and to be open, but you never did. Yep. Um, and how do you then recognize that that person walks into the funeral, and it's not just that? Well, things were never settled, but I'm, I, I, but no, I, I'm bitter. And you yeah. recognize how, how do you discern that in your own heart? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think this is where true, godly, sincere, biblical lament it needs mm. to be a part of a pastor's regular mm. life for his own soul. This that is a great a time to podcast, this is a great yeah. time to plug in yeah a great time to plug a new book that just came out it's called Dark Clouds Deep Mercy and Mark uh, Valperope and Mark is a friend of mine and I actually uh, got to read a, a copy before he came, and when I read it I said this is the best thing I've ever read on this mm. it is a tremendously helpful book is Dark- that geared toward <clears throat> pastors. Uh, no, it's just geared towards Christians. Okay, but but pastors, there's a direct application, right. and, and that I'm making right now in the connection to this, and that's <clears throat> bitterness will will take root when we are not going to the Lord and lamenting what is a genuine potentially injustice, a, mm. a, a, a falsehood that's been spoken about us. Right. Uh, you know, there's we we take our lament to the Lord yeah. in, in, in oh, injustice. Right. That's right. There's times I haven't done that. That is how we, that's one of the ways to begin to deal with bitterness. The other is, is to not ignore the emotion you feel mm. with the hurt that's come. Where bitterness, I find, sets in is when we, we don't allow ourselves to be legitimately angry about what happened. We don't allow ourselves to be sad. That someone hurt us, and we we don't deal with emotion in a healthy way, and then it, that, I I find that's a way that the bitterness takes root, and we have to deal with the 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 emotion and the hurt of the moment, because that's when I think bit, bitterness seeps in. Bitterness usually doesn't come right away. I find mm-hmm. it's something that that like you said, it, it grows like a tumor mm-hmm. if it's not if it's not dealt with. So I think biblical lament is something that I think there's a recovery of learning about it. It's lost a lot in, in the Christian life, and it's something we need to recover as pastors. I think that's excellent, Brian. That's very helpful. It's helpful to me. Um, can I ask you to yeah. follow up on your on your anger comment? Um, yeah. Because there are the scriptures, as you deal with everything with anger, God has anger. Anger can be righteous. Yeah. Um, be angry and do not sin. There are things that ought to make us angry. Right. Uh, and, and there are times when we're not just being overly defensive, that certain sheep have acted in a sinful way. They are escaping, uh, running, and then undermining us and our ministry and, and publicly or privately. 
is that right? Is that right to be angry? And then, and you, I think you're alluding to the fact that there are times when it is. It's not pride. You're not being proud. Right. You're, and you're not being unteachable. You're not denying the principles we talked about last time about criticism. Yeah. It's not just bitterness. How do you sort all that out in your own soul? Well, that's a great question. And you, you rolling that off your tongue shows the complexity of what happens in our yeah. soul for sure. But Scripture is clear. It says, be angry and do not sin. Right. So we need to recognize that anger so often can easily move into a place of sin. But because of that, I find a lot of people are afraid, ironically, of anger at all. Mm, yeah, and, and I think uh, I, I can be. So and I and so I think that's part of biblical lament. And if you go to the Psalms and read the laments, there's there's anger there. There is. But, but what the lament is meant to do is to bring you to a place to say, but God, I trust you. And, and, and the lament allows you to let go. And I think that's true for anger. I think that's true with bitterness and some of these other. So anger is one of those things that I do think we have to be very careful does not slide into sin. But to realize that, that anger is a legitimate emotion, like you said, there are times that it's it's um, something that we should feel as a, as a as towards certain things that have happened yeah. and stuff. So it is an injustice, and it, it should be mourned, and it should be rebuked. And, and I think it needs to be talked about in this conversation because because we think about the things. And I would challenge any pastor listening to this now: What are the things that make you most prone to bitterness? And if it's you know if it's anger, if it's hurt, you know, or sadness because of loss. You need to be aware. The only way you can know what are the things that kind of feed that is to allow yourself to feel them, to recognize them, and then take them to the Lord so you yeah. can deal with them in a healthy way. Yeah, I think I, I am so distrustful of my own heart and the recognition of that there's so much pride that lurks within. It right. can be hard to dissociate yourself from that, untangle yourself out of that mess. Yep. And say, how much of it do you look at? And that's objectively wrong. It may be easier for me to come in and be angry at a situation affecting you than one that affects me because mm-hmm. you know, my own self and my own pride get tangled up and and trying to sort all of that out. And I think, Brian, you, you, I, with the text that came to my mind as you were talking is you know, when Paul said to the Romans about you know giving place to the give place to wrath, and that is somebody said years ago a sermon I heard back when I was in seminary. And he talked about a very simple thing, but he talked, you know, there are two places where the wrath of God are satisfied, and that's in the cross of Christ right. or that's in hell, yep. and that that ought to be enough for you. And, mm. and and so if I'm dealing with it toward a brother or sister that's genuinely in Christ, I have to realize that at the end of the day, the Lord does, like they're really a Christian, they're going to be in heaven. Christ has died for what they did to me and did to the church, and uh, he he will sort all of that out. And if this person is a uh, an imposter and uh, and a hypocrite, then is hell not enough to satisfy? Mm-hmm. And, and so, in my own heart, I can I can even if it's not fully reconciled in the way that I'd like it, and that is that there's mutual confession of sin, mutual forgiveness granted, and that we can... I always try to say to everybody who leaves, you know, that has left our church, I want, to, I want to know, are things settled between us? If, if I walk into Walmart and you see me, do you have to walk the other way? Mm-hmm. Um, can we go to the same conference together without thinking, oh, this is going to be horrible? I, you know, can <clears throat> we do that? And if not, why not? And what do we need to do to, to sort some of this out? Ironically, one of the hardest... Te- texts for us to to try to walk in as pastors who deal with conflict and get hurt and then deal with bitterness 
is to be at peace with all men. Mm, and right, as that, much as lies within you. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's just, and that's right. And that's only, you have to do your part of that. But um, there are, there's, there's a clear call to, to not be bitter and to, to let that just fester in your soul. But we have to, there's a, there's a healthy way to, to deal with hurt and pain to where bitterness doesn't subside. And we want, we want to try to focus on that and try to help others help us do that. So Jim, as, as we kind of bring this to a close, maybe one or two practical ways that you have found helpful in, in when you're aware of bitterness in your heart, what are some things that you have done to try to deal with that and then let go of it, which is the ultimate goal? Right. So Brian, I think the combating first of all with the word of God, like, like the savior did, I, I recognize, we have to recognize in this, the place of the enemy. I mean, the enemy wants oh, to, right. he is constantly reminding. I think when, 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 when I am reminded of someone's faults and kind of like a thought, oh yeah, they also did this. And oh yeah, they did that. Mm-hmm. I always say to myself, that might be my spirit, mm-hmm. but it's not the Holy Spirit. It might be my spirit. It's most likely an evil spirit, but that's the Holy Spirit doesn't remind us of those things. This so, whole conversation—it's been on my mind how much the, this is a tool of the enemy right. that is significant. Yeah. So again, keep in mind spiritual warfare. Right. Second, so and then and 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 in that combating it with the Word of God. So let all bitterness, anger, wrath, clamor be put away from you. Right. It's got to be put away. And then, Brian, for me, no text has been more helpful in striving to deal with this than First uh, Corinthians 13. So yeah. it's love is the greatest thing. Above all things, we love each other. You put on love. Uh, and what does love look like? Well, love is patient. Love is kind. Love, love, has, love doesn't parade itself. It's not about self. Love doesn't keep records of wrong. Love doesn't delight in sin. Love doesn't delight in iniquity. Right. And... And so what I have to recognize is I can't help what they're doing. You know, if they hate me, if they want to undermine me, and nothing I can do about that. Right. I can only help my own heart, and my duty is to love them. Mm-hmm. My duty is never to be loved. It's not my duty to make sure people think well of me. Right. It's my duty to do that to others. So I have to focus on my own heart. And so, again, it's it's taking that, begging God's forgiveness, asking the Lord to have mercy on me, uh, in that, but Brian, what you said today about both lament and that line with with righteous anger has been very helpful, and that mm. needs to go more into my thinking. So thank you for yeah. that. <clears throat> no, and I, I'm really grateful you brought up First Corinthians 13. I, I think that passage, because we all know it so well, that that it, it we we don't let the weight of it settle in. And, and how much it should affect so much of our ministry and life as a pastor and as a, just as a Christian man. And so I've been freshly convicted about 1 Corinthians 13 on how much it truly does. It, it gives me the template for how I should live my life exactly. and how I should pastor. And so I'm really grateful you brought that up. Um, the, the last thing I would mention that actually can be a motivator in dealing with bitterness. It has been in my own life. Bitterness is a prison that we live in. Yeah. Bitterness is something that, that harms us uh, more so than the, even the people we're bitter at or anybody mm-hmm. else for that matter. So if you're listening to this, you struggle with bitterness, the, the motivation to become aware of it, though it usually is linked to hurtful, unpleasant things, is that you want to be freed from it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to be able to let go of whatever has caused right. you to be bitter. And so you can love freely and you can 
you can forgive and you can let go of those things that are that just kind of are bondages to our soul. So if Amen. you're if you're listening to this, that if there's any motivator I can give you other than what we've already mentioned, the word speaks to it uh, that God wants to hear our cries of pain and hurt. Uh, that that this is ultimately about us doing this work that God's called us to with joy. And bitterness can just just suck the life out of that. Amen. So, so Jim, will you take a minute and pray for pastors and just that God would intervene yeah. by His Spirit to help them work through the bitterness and that joy would mark their ministries? Amen. Father, do pray for my brothers listening to this, our brothers listening here today, that they would be able to have an honest evaluation of themselves. And if they have recognized that they're in the grip of bitterness, that they would be filled righteously with a sense of alarm and take that bitterness before you and not allow the enemy to have this toehold or foothold or even a place of dominion in their own heart uh, that they can justify. And Father, we do pray that we would not justify our bitterness, that we would not look at those who have wounded us, but look at the one who was wounded for us and consider his love and his patience and his willingness to undergo hardship and suffering uh, in order that people might be redeemed. Father, may we bear his, uh, his heart as we strive to minister to others, we ask in his precious name. Amen. Amen.